Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. In your company, a challenge? Are you battling turnover and struggling to draw key talent? Is your team not performing at the level you want? Problems present themselves through conflict, miscommunication, creative differences, unclear expectations, and motivational issues. ARC Integrated is here to address these challenges through executive coaching and customized interactive trainings. Create lasting positive change that will improve your bottom line and create a culture that attracts talent and reduces turnover by going to arcintegrated.com. That's arcintegrated.com. What if investing in each other could change the world? I'm Joel Skeen with bizradio.us, and this is the Mindful Marketplace. Welcome back to part two of two with my conversation here with the owner and founder of Mosaic Realty in Western North Carolina, Michael Figura. I'm really excited to get to dig back in with him on what we were talking about as far as making an impact in the community through real estate, through urban planning, through um, environmental science, through a whole bunch of different uh, avenues. This is, uh, as I'm learning here in this conversation, Mike is, uh, is definitely a jack of many, many trades and really glad that we get to learn from him and get to understand more from him here in part two of our conversation. Um, before we get into that, I did want to make a couple quick announcements and let everyone know um, we have been doing events um, as the Mindful Marketplace, including our community financial education course, which is really designed to help teach people the things that they really should have taught us in school. You know, um, a lot of us wish that we would have been taught things like you know how to budget, how to how to handle finances, how to understand taxes, entrepreneurship, debt strategies, um, but instead we learned that you know. Molten rock is called magma <laughs> and a bunch of other things like that. Um, so if you want to learn more about basic finance, we are doing free um, monthly events right now that help people understand those topics with, from a variety of different financial professionals and really make it digestible and understandable for everybody that comes. So um, go check that out, as well as also check out our debt elimination services on mindfulmarketplaceshow.com. We have recently been helping out a lot of homeowners as well as other folks eliminate their debt, not negotiate it, not refinance it, um, but actually eliminate that debt in half the time or less without spending any more money using some exclusive software that was developed here in Asheville. So if you're interested in either of those things or listening to the back episodes of the Mindful Marketplace, we've had tons of great guests. Please go to mindfulmarketplaceshow.com and you'll be able to find whatever it is you're looking for from there. Um, all right, let's get back into it with uh, with Mike. Mike, um, I know we uh, you know we kind of went into your background in the beginning of the last episode. So everyone, please go back and listen to that first half if you have not already listened to it. Uh, but Mike, uh, please give us just a little, uh, just a quick reintroduction here for um, for the folks that are listening live. Yeah, thanks, Joel. So originally from Virginia, moved to Asheville in 2004, um, got a background in environmental science with a focus in climatology and in urban planning. And then I um, got into uh, real estate and development work a lot, uh, with a focus in green building and development, and then opened Mosaic Realty in 2010. And uh, I'm the owner and broker of Mosaic Realty, which is a uh, Asheville-based real estate company uh, with 43 agents in downtown Asheville. That's awesome. And we talked a lot about what you guys are doing differently than a lot of other groups out there in part one. Um, for this part, I kind of wanted to just kind of, you know, 
get your perspective on something here. I um I recently I don't know if you're familiar with this, but I was recently uh, reading a book called um it's by Michael Schumann, and he has also written a book called uh, Put Your Money or No. This book is called Put Your Money Where Your Life Is. He's also written a book called Local Dollars, Local Cents, and he talks a lot about how you know spending your money at local businesses puts money back into your local community rather than if you were to um, you know, spend your money at national chains or at you know, mega corporations. But um, he also, in this more recent book, Put Your Money Where Your Life Is, talks about how you can actually invest your money locally, not just spend your money locally. Um, I think it's a really impactful thing when he says that he asked the question, uh, what would be the impact if we shifted 60% of our retirement um savings and our retirement investments into our local economies. Well, for a city the size of Asheville, about 100,000 people, it would actually put about $10 billion into the local economy, which is really difficult to imagine a government program or a foundation or anything else like that that would have that level of impact, You know, $10 billion over 100,000 people. Um, but he offers 10 strategies that I actually did an episode on a while back called um, your your dollar is your vote. Go ahead and listen to that if you want a more in depth reading. But you know, a couple, several of his strategies actually involve um, real estate. So, like his strategy number one is to pay off your credit cards. But strategy number two is actually to invest, um, or strategy three, I should say, sorry, is to invest in a home. And then strategy four is to pay that down, pay that mortgage down faster. In, um, also, making your home energy efficient is a way to invest in your local um, community because it's investing in your own property. But strategy number nine here is to invest in local real estate. He says a growing number of investors are shifting their investments from business to from businesses to things like land, buildings, and housing. Investing in local real estate means investing in something tangible like a house, an apartment building, or a commercial space in your own community rather than something more you know, illusory like the, the market. Um, but he says it's also been seen by many investors as a more stable investment because while businesses and particularly startups can crash and go completely out of business and lose not only their money but their investors' money as well, you know, very few real estate ventures ever completely lose anything. Um, and so, Mike, I, 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 I kind of want to open up the conversation to you there and start with, you know, your thoughts and kind of how you have seen people use real estate investing or um, to invest locally. I guess I'm just curious what's coming to mind for you as I as I go over um, that those numbers and um, those strategies there. Yeah, um, well, I definitely believe that investing in real estate in um, in some locations is a great idea. Those locations being ones that are more climate resilient. Um, so when we're talking about local investment in Asheville, one of the reasons why I live here, and I, I think a lot of people chose to live here, is because of the climate and the environment. Um, we're fortunate to be resilient with climate change. So I, I think we're going to see more and more people moving to Asheville and places like Asheville. Um, and uh, that being said, we have a, a housing crisis. We have a short, big shortage of housing. So one way to mindfully invest in real estate here is to actually build housing. Um, 
And that can look, take a variety of different forms, whether it is um, building an accessory dwelling unit. And if you own your house um, and you're not renting, building an accessory dwelling unit in your backyard um, or buying some land and building either a single unit or maybe a duplex or, or a triplex or a quad. Um, I think that helping to add housing to to our market is a not only a smart thing to do financially, but also um, helpful for our area to be able to ease the housing shortage. Yeah. So you mentioned the the housing shortage there. Uh, I guess when we're kind of backing up a little more broadly, what do you, you know, uh, I, I'm sure there's con- a lot of factors to that. I'm sure there's not just one factor to that, but is there anything that you see in particular that is a little more controllable or something that you feel is, is the biggest contributing factor to that? To our housing crisis? Yeah. Um, I think that it's a crisis that's been 30 or 40 years in the making. Um, we have not had much housing housing creation in our country. And this is a national problem in a lot of cities. Um, combination of bad urban planning, um, wasting land with suburbs rather than densifying, having um, zoning codes that really fostered single family housing and, and man- mandated that people have to build single family housing um, has backed us into a corner where now we're running out of space to build more housing, but we have people who are wanting to move here. And um, and uh, the roots of that go back to um, there, there's some racist policies behind it. Um, there are some auto-oriented business um, like corporate corporate policies behind it. But I think what we've done is we've built too much of the wrong type of housing, wasted our land, and then not built enough of it over the last 30, 40 years um, to the point now where we are having a a pretty acute shortage. So you mentioned the wrong type of housing. I'm curious, what would you like to see more of, or what would, what do you think if we're kind of, you know, dreaming a little bit about what, what things could be, what type of housing do you think we need more of? And what type of housing um, do you think is most beneficial to us? Um, I think that if you look at an older neighborhood like Montford, you'll find really good examples of, single-family houses surrounded by um, multifamily housing, smaller-scale multifamily housing. Um, If you go down Cumberland Avenue, which is one of the nicer streets in Montford, um, you've got some beautiful houses, but you've also got some very well-designed multifamily housing there with eight units, 10 units, 12 units. Um, And... I think that mixing different housing types is a great strategy for increasing the housing stock in an area, um, as well as mixing different incomes so that you get more the opportunities for social mobility, which is something that we talked about back in the first episode. Um, and I think all of that is healthy for our community. Yeah. Yeah. Does that, does that contribute to the resiliency that you mentioned earlier? I know it might not be exactly directly related to climate resiliency, but do you think that, um, you know, that more integration of different types of people, different, you know, whether it's poor people and more wealthy people, or whether it's people of different backgrounds and different, um, you know, 
uh, kind of, you know, stars and stripes, I guess. <laughs> uh, what do you, uh, you know, I guess, do, do you think that that in any way adds to the resiliency of us as a community? I believe it does. Um, um, I, look, my company is called Mosaic Realty, and it's because we're a mosaic of the community. I've got people of all different backgrounds, and I think that having different perspectives uh, creates a stronger organization. I think it also creates a stronger community, and it, it, it makes a more fair community because well, you can't help what situation you're born into, but if you're in a society that has more upward social mobility, you're more likely to be able to help yourself out of a situation that you were born into. So I think that from a, a um, lot of different standpoints, it, it makes a lot of sense um, to create more integrated communities in terms of integrating the type of housing stock. Um, one thing that people can do on, an, on a relatively easier and more approachable scale is building an accessory dwelling unit behind your house, which in Asheville and, and, and a lot of municipalities, the zoning code allows you to build um, an basically a small um, small house in your backyard. And if people did that, then it would densify neighborhoods because you wouldn't have it, you know, and it would be densifying neighborhoods with a housing type that is going to have, uh, that is going to be able to house people who are in the service industry and the tourism industry because it's mm -hmm. smaller housing, it's more affordable. Um, it, it, accomplishes a lot of those goals relatively easily and it's something that's approachable on an individual scale yeah because i definitely have noticed that i've been here in Asheville for about nine years now and it does seem to be that there's a lot of people who obviously move here for the lifestyle for the outdoors for the nature for you know kind of how they want their future to be especially since covid you know since people are working more remote and they're able to ask themselves where do i actually want to live and what kind of suits my lifestyle rather than just where do i have to live because it's you know, a short commute to the office that I go to. But at the same time, if someone's moving here without that, um, without that job, uh, that remote work, or they're not able to find something that is on the higher income scale, because we are a hospitality and tourism economy, you know, that can oftentimes lead to uh, kind of this revolving door where people move here for the lifestyle. But after, you know, whether it's six months or it's two or three years, it's difficult for them to make it financially and they have to, you know, kind of pack up and, and head out. And it sounds to me like what you're talking about, whether that's through building more housing that's affordable or even people building affordable housing right in their backyard, that that's trying to sort of get at that, that root issue there. Um, do you think that that's, that, that that really is one of the biggest solves to that problem? Or do you, um, do you see anything else that's contributing? I think it's the biggest Sure, there's other things that are contributing, um, but I think it's the biggest thing that's contributing. Um, you know, I think it's contributing a lot to inflation in Asheville as well. Asheville's gotten pretty expensive to eat out, and a lot of that's due to the um, wages that people need to earn to be able to afford to live here. And so we're in this cycle where we don't have enough housing and places where it's really expensive to live and where things tend to cost a lot more um, real estate there is very expensive if you go out to um, Marion or or someplace in eastern North Carolina where real estate is very cheap it is also um, you know the cost of cost of going out to eat is a lot cheaper and um, 
one thing that we could do to to help to solve a lot of different problems, including I think our local inflation, is to build more housing to to try to stabilize the cost of what it takes to live here. I also think it's a great real estate investment because um, our market is appreciating so much, and by building rental property in your backyard, you're taking advantage of an asset that you already have because you've already paid for your land if you have a single family house. And um, so you've got that kind of fixed sunk cost in your land. And then you're taking advantage of capitalizing on making some money back out of it. If you built a little apartment on your backyard and rented that out, you're going to have to pay for the apartment, but you're not going to have to pay for the land again. Right, right, because you already own the land, and so really, what you're doing in that situation is you're you're give you're providing uh, something that's desperately needed, which is you know some sort of affordable housing to people who really make this city run, who are actually waiting those tables each and every day, who are you know cleaning the hotel rooms, who are um, you know who are managing all these uh, these different rental you know short term rental properties, and you're also able to you know create some cash flow and income for you and your family in the process too. And that's, that's what I think is so great about real estate as a local investment is it not only creates a, um, you know, it's not, it's not just an investment for some time long in the future, but it creates more of an immediate actual cash flow. Exactly. It creates cash flow. And like you said earlier, it's not going down to zero. The real estate market market does fluctuate like all markets and goes up and down, but, um, but it's not going down to zero and it goes up over the long term, or at least it has ever since, uh, I've been alive and way before. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's definitely been ups and downs. I remember I, I was very lucky in some ways I bought a, a house for $20,000 in, in 2010. This was in, uh, you know, the Detroit area and, uh, you know, caught, caught, was lucky in the sense that, you know, the market crashed for everybody else, but I, I happened to be buying at the right time, but you're right over the long haul. It's not like a piece of land and a property and a home to live in or a commercial property are going to go down to worth, you know, zero, where if you invest in a company, you know, that company could completely go out of business. Yeah. Um, but, and I will say not in our area, I don't think it'd go down to zero. But I think that if you're buying real estate on the coast of North Carolina, it might go down to zero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm specifically yeah. talking about investing in climate resilient places, because I do think it's a bad idea for our society to be building more housing and building more infrastructure in places that are, are going to get wrecked by climate change. So is it just the elevation that makes us climate resilient here in Nashville, or is there more to it than that than just being up in the mountains? Um, well, being up in the mountains, keep, and obviously we don't have to worry about sea level rise, but it's also the way that the atmospheric dynamics work and where our moisture is coming up from the Gulf Stream or from the Gulf Coast, uh, and the prevailing winds going um, east to west brings moisture to us. So we have a wet um, climate and so water resiliency, not having to worry about flooding. We don't have earthquakes, which don't have anything to do with climate change, but you know, we're pretty natural disaster. It's a nice bonus. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty natural disaster free here. We don't really have tornadoes um, besides living in you know, a landslide area or a, uh, or if you live right on a stream or a river that's going to flood, yeah, you have to watch out about those around here, but that's not the majority of our, our property. Yeah. 
No, that makes total sense to me. And I, and I love this idea that, that you're talking about. Um, I think it's a, it's a, it's a great way for individuals to take a little bit of control and to help make their communities a better place and to make money at the same time, which is really what this is all about is how can we use our money and our business and our investments to make things even better for ourselves and for the rest of the community. Um, I did want to let you, uh, you know, kind of pitch to, I know you guys have a new campaign going on right now with Devil's Foot uh, called Doing Good in Business. Uh, we've just got a couple minutes here, but could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, it's a campaign that we're running with Devil's Foot. They've got a new location on Sweeten Creek, and we are um, hosting nonprofit fundraisers. We're going to be doing this for uh, on Thursdays between 5 and 8. Um, we're partnering with different fundraisers, and we've got billboards around town that announce the fundraiser, the nonprofits that we're doing fundraisers for. Fifteen um, percent of all the sales during our uh, event go toward uh, Devil's Foot is donating towards a nonprofit. Mosaic is matching that, and we've also uh, have raffles and stuff set up for ways to donate directly to the nonprofit. So. It's uh, just a good way to get out and, and get the community out. And a lot of what we do at Mosaic is community building, um, you know, as well as real estate, of course. But uh, we want to not just be selling our community, but actually helping to strengthen our community. So community building and fundraising for these nonprofits at the same time, it's been really fun to partner with Devil's Foot on it. Their Devil's Foot is amazing. Um, shout out to the owner, Benjamin and Bashti Colvin. They are uh, clients mosaic and, and really good people. Um, and yeah, so uh, would love to see people out there. You can take a look at our social media feeds on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we'll be announcing these events as they come up. Awesome. Well, and you know, that's just another example of why Mosaic and why you, Mike, are the kind of people we like to have on this show. People who are doing good with their business, doing good with their investments, and using that capital not just to create more capital, but to create a real impact in their communities. So thank you so much for being on the show. But even more than that, Mike, thanks for, for the work that you're doing in the community. It is uh it, it does not go unnoticed and it is definitely impactful. Um, for those of you out there, please listen to the first episode of this, but as well as we've got lots of other guests that you should check out, um, go to bizradio.us or mindfulmarketplaceshow.com to do so. And while you're at bizradio.us, please make sure to listen to the other um, the other hosts and the other guests that we have on. There is something out there for everybody here on Western North Carolina's um, only and first um independent business radio network. Um, so Mike, thanks so much for being on here today. And for all of you listening out there, take care of yourself and take care of someone else. Thank you, Joel. Really appreciate you having me here. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.